from the protectors of the internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. It's the PKO Podcast. Welcome to the PKO Podcast. My name is Kagan, and today I have one of our special agents, Ryan, here with me today. How are you doing, Ryan? Doing good. Good to be back. Awesome. You know, we're glad to have you back. We appreciate your continued insight on the program here. Uh, As always, I do have a joke for you. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for two months since the last recording. (laughs) Perfect. So, uh, why did the computer squeak? Why did the computer squeak? Why did the computer squeak, Kagan? Well, because someone stepped on the mouse. I knew there was a mouse pun coming with it. I'll tell you, I was looking forward to it. It's a step up from November, so it brought a smile to my face. So I, we're going in the right direction. You know, it's uh, it's a hard task to take and one I'm looking to surmount, and hopefully they'll keep improving, and if not, well, maybe I'll be voted off this island. Well, yeah. <laughs> so um, the Wisconsin ICAC Task Force is starting to get ready for Safer Internet Day on Tuesday, February 7th. Um, for those who don't know, um, there's kind of this shared goal to inspire frequent and open conversations between parents and their children, and we're really hopeful to kind of pursue a better internet and to bring education to the table to support that goal. Um, kind of like I shared Safer Internet Days on February 7th. It's coming up uh, just shy of two weeks now. And it's a global campaign that's uh, looking to raise awareness about different Internet safety issues, spreading the word and helping the community be active and aware of these issues. And this year, for 2023, our focus kind of continues to be on sextortion, focusing on financial sextortion, the importance of kids knowing that they can always get help, and what this kind of looks like. So, Ryan, I know you've been in ICAC for uh a pretty solid amount of time. You have a lot of experience. Could you maybe talk to some aspects of sextortion and financial sextortion from your time with the ICAC task force? Sure. So I think sextortion is kind of a topic that really has been in our radar for a, a longer period of time, but is really starting to get some focus right now just because I think of the prevalence that we're seeing uh, in the cases that we're investigating with sextortion. So um, sextortion is, um, for those not familiar with the topic, um, Essentially, um, if you envision extortion, extorting money or something of goods from somebody, um, so utilizing something against someone to get some type of benefit. Well, when we talk about sextortion, it's kind of the same theme. Essentially, utilizing something um, against somebody to get something of sexual value in this case here. So so we started to see sextortion um, on a regular basis, maybe um, five years ago, even more than that. Um, and the trend at that time was really that we had known offenders at that time. So we had a child that uh, perhaps made the choice to send an inappropriate image or video to somebody they knew, uh, and they started to get pressure to produce more of that content in lieu of perhaps that content being sent to their friends or to uh, their parents or teachers at school. So there was this pressure put on them by a known individual, maybe somebody in their peer group or an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or something along those lines, somebody that they knew or that was close to them, uh, pressuring them to produce more sexually explicit conduct uh, with the exchange of that being that the individual would not post or share the content that they had already sent. What we've really started to see an increase, I would say, over the last 12 to 24 months, the last couple of years for sure, uh, is unknown offenders in this extortion realm. So what we're seeing um, is an increase in the financial sextortion by unknown offenders where a child maybe goes online, uh, they meet somebody that's not known to them on some social media platform, and they begin to engage in conversation and befriend that individual. 
And through the course of those conversations, they produce sexually explicit content that is sent to that offender. Um, they believe they've gotten to know that offender, but it's still somebody that's truly unknown to them. And oftentimes after this sexual content is exchanged, there's a very quick change to the tone of the conversation. And this goes from being somebody that they thought they had befriended and that they could trust to somebody that is immediately putting pressure on the child to produce additional um, sexually explicit conduct or content um, with the idea being that, again, this person will not share that content with um, teachers, peers, other individuals that the person may know. So essentially subjecting the child to what could be a very embarrassing situation in exchange for either more um, sexually explicit content or oftentimes in these cases what we're seeing now is the exchange of financial um, compensation. So somebody requesting that the child send either a small or large amount of cash or um, other type of currency to these individuals to avoid that content being posted out. So really over the last, like I said, 12 to 24 months, we've really seen an increase of that type of sextortion. Individuals unknown necessarily to the child, financially sextorting them once that content is produced. And the unfortunate part of this is it puts our children in a very dangerous situation because there is a great deal of pressure on them to continue to produce this content or to produce financially. Um, and when that happens, um, oftentimes these have very catastrophic, or catastrophic consequences. Um, what we've really seen uh, with a lot of these cases too is an uptick in um, teen or adolescent suicide and some of these um, very high consequences that come with this. So that leads to this focus that we're putting on this now to really try to take control of these cases and offer resources to children and their families to be able to successfully deal with this when it occurs. Yeah, no, that's uh, really useful information. and. You know, that's something that I think is really scary for a lot of parents and recognizing where these trends are kind of headed. You know, we've uh, taken over the last year, two years, like Ryan was sharing, the facet that suicidal ideations are uh, noticed in these kind of cases, especially the financial sextortion cases. And that's what Safer Internet Day hopes to address uh, to a certain extent. There are a lot of resources out there, both for parents and their children, who have experienced or may experience sextortion. One of those um, that is available now and will be uh, broadly shared out further coming up on this day, and we really do recommend following everything with the hashtag Safer Internet Day, uh, is a resource called Thorn. It is an uh, NGO that builds technology to defend children from sexual abuse, and they have really great resources within on how to stop sextortion or what to do if you start to experience that or know a friend who's experienced that. And we'll link you know these uh, in the episode details with what to do both for kiddos and parents. So for parents, uh, if you find out this uh, experience is going on with your children or what to maybe prepare them for, there's kind of three steps that is recommended by Thorne, who's done comprehensive research on this. First, starting with taking control and stopping the responding. So if something is going on, a communication is happening, a, uh, a sextortion request is going on, maybe uh, your, your child did make a mistake and send that illicit photo, uh, have them immediately stop contact. Um, have them reach out to someone they trust. Hopefully it's um, you or one of the other adults in the household. If it's a school counselor, if it's a you know, teacher they trust, whomever that may be, and to start that just so that they have that support from an adult in one capacity or another so that we can try to find involvement both from the family as well as, you know, local law enforcement and then get help. Um, obviously, there's a lot of ramifications emotionally um, for kiddos. Like we talked about uh, suicidal ideations. We talked about self-harm to a certain extent. Um, 
both Thorne uh, NECMIC, which is the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, your school counselors are able to provide resources to a certain extent to help provide that. Um, you know, outside of that, Ryan, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any other resources you might recommend? You know, no, I, so I think those are all really great tips first off. So um, from a law enforcement perspective and investigating a lot of these cases throughout the state, um, certainly taking control in that first step of um, ultimately stopping the responses is very important. So um, children are in a, a situation where they're going to feel extremely pressured to continue to produce that content or to produce something financially. But what we find is even when um, a child tries to meet the requests of an offender, those requests are just going to continue on and this is going to become a very endless cycle for the child. So it's very imperative um, to stop responding and um, to relay to our children that they need to stop those responses as soon as possible. Although the threats are there that this content will be produced online, which can be um, a very embarrassing situation for a child. One thing we find is that that's a very low result most of the time and that most of these offenders are moving on to other victims without essentially posting the content a majority of the time. So while that's certainly a possibility, um, the level of risk with that I would say is very low from the investigations we're seeing. So it's imperative to stop that response as soon as possible. Um, but then again, talking to your child, uh, you're having your child talk to somebody they can trust should really be a conversation I think that we're having even before incidents like this happen. Part of uh, the use of the internet today and communicating with our children about proper use of the internet is having some of these conversations proactively ahead of time and making sure that your child knows that either you or somebody else that they may be comfortable talking with is a resource they can go to if they're ever a victim of sex extortion or other online crimes is very important proactively before we even get to this point. So have those conversations with your children so they know there's a safe mechanism or somebody that they can safely talk to about this regardless of the circumstances when they occur. And ultimately, like you closed with there, getting help, finding somebody that can help, whether it's these resources through Thorn, uh, through the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or through law enforcement as well. So. One of the things that we run into in comments, I think we hear from parents a lot as well. You know, I thought the offender was halfway around the country or halfway across the world. So I didn't think there was a lot of recourse and reporting this to law enforcement necessarily. Now more than ever, I can say that from a local level and from a statewide level here in Wisconsin, um, especially with these sextortion cases, we have partnered with uh, federal law enforcement partners and law enforcement partners throughout the world to aggressively try to investigate these cases and bring together some of the commonalities in these cases so we can ultimately try to find these offenders and hold them responsible. So I would say law enforcement and the reporting to law enforcement is a vital component of um, the resources that are available to parents and children right now to not only deal with this individual situation, but to stop it from happening in the future. Absolutely. And we do have this uh, intent uh, as a law enforcement agency ourselves here to pursue uh, these individuals to make sure that they can no longer harm children any further, engage in these you know dubious activities. But we do take that victim centric approach. And like Ryan said, those proactive conversations are so crucial because we have learned it is pretty difficult sometimes for our children to speak up about what might be going on, um, you know, when they're experiencing, you know, worries, especially around sextortion, of what the adults or peers in their lives might think about the situation at hand, that it's their fault. And by recognizing that safety is still new in this digital age that we're in, with like, what are best practices? What should we be doing? How should we pursue uh, wellness and safety while trying to engage in, you know, the, the fact that the internet's not supposed to be a bad place. Um, and we need to find a way to make it so kiddos can feel more comfortable navigating it. 
um, both from the facet that they are typically a little more, you know, technologically savant-esque than, you know, us as adults. But with that said, the Thorn website does talk further on the report so that for caregivers, uh, they're able to be more present uh, unconditionally with uh, kiddos when it comes to their time spent on the internet, you know, how to report extortion, right? Uh, Ryan shared that, you know, once this happens, if it does, um, how to connect with law enforcement, what could be provided, how to help in those, you know, pursuits to make sure that these individuals are held accountable. Um, you know, looking at how we do involve those uh, police actors, how do we save information? Um, am I missing anything else with that, Ryan, of like, what's a good thing to do if this does happen to kind of prepare for that transition to you know, law enforcement, uh, like handoff in that regard? Yeah, first and foremost, you know, we, we take the safety of the child um, of the utmost importance. So with these cases here, certainly as a parent or somebody that becomes aware of this, um, you know, dealing with the needs of the child first and foremost to make sure that that child is safe um, and to know that they have our support while the child may have engaged in some conduct that certainly we don't condone as parents or mentors to that child. Understand that at that time, um, that child has probably been going through a great deal of stress as a result of their actions already, and they're really in need of our support. And the unfortunate thing is, um, especially with these financial sextortion cases that I've talked about here, our, our rise in the level of teen suicide and some of those catastrophic consequences had occurred in some of these cases here. And that's really what we're trying to prevent, to offer a mechanism of support to children. But once we have that support mechanism in place, ultimately trying to involve whatever processes the child is comfortable with to remedy that situation and ultimately hopefully re reporting that to your local law enforcement agency um, so law enforcement can become involved and either a investigate the individuals um, present in your particular child's case to see if we can locate those individuals or hold them accountable for their actions but also proactively investigate these groups that are taking part in this financial sextortion to prevent it in the future. And I think one important conversation too is to also talk to our children about the fact that while they may not be the victim of this, very likely at some point in time, they may have friends or other folks that they know um, that may become the victim of this, that may become to them for that peer support they're looking for. So at the same time, talk to our children about the fact, well, these are important lessons for them, that it's also important lessons for them should they have a friend or a peer um, that is a victim of financial sextortion or other sextortion too, to be able to provide that friendship or comfort that that individual needs and to be able to help them through this process and use the lessons that we've given them for their own safety to maybe help somebody else should they find themselves in the same situation. I 100% agree, you know, helping kind of guide them to that courageous conversation either for themselves or for their peers is just so important. And this can be important to look at too in the aspect that there are kind of to what ryan has talked to this point you know kind of two different types of offenders that we do see in these extortion cases um the known and the unknown which you know seems very you know broad and simple but it is quite relevant in this kind of conversation you know those unknown offenders being those that approach on a social media website kind of attempt to maybe move them uh, to another platform and coerce them into sharing um you know, either illicit uh, conversations or, you know, photos of themselves and then kind of persist in the request like Ryan shared. Um, should that financial sextortion occurs, that photo gets shared and they say, you know, give me $100 and you they go ahead and send it to them in one way or another. They're going to say, well, do it again or I'm going to still post this. And it, it is a vicious cycle. But that doesn't mean there aren't those that are known to them. Uh, maybe, you know, in some aspects like an ex-romantic partner um, where a photo is shared at one point where it was consensual. 
Um, it might be brought up later down down the line or shared throughout a school, and we've seen cases like that too. And so having those discussions on appropriate behavior um, while in, uh, you know, romantic relationships for those of you who might have, you know, kiddos starting to engage in that uh, in, in the high school ages, you know, that like, it's important to kind of start uh, considering what appropriate boundaries might look like for kiddos, which, you know, as they enter the dating atmosphere, might not know that to, you know, the fullest extent being the fact that they are just kids. Yeah, absolutely. So, and kind of like I touched on earlier, we saw for, we've seen for a long period of time this, you know, the sextortion that occurs uh, from some of these known offenders. And well, we really give focus right now just because of the huge rise in cases we've seen of this financial sextortion, oftentimes with unknown offenders to the child. Um, we can't forget about the fact that we still do see on a very regular basis. And if you talk to our school resource officers, one of the more common complaints that they're dealing with on a daily basis is these known individuals in either a bullying setting or a sextortion almost type setting where individuals are sending inappropriate photographs. Those get forwarded to other children. So it's important to have those conversations with our children as they begin to use these social media platforms again about the proper use of those platforms. And even though somebody is known to us, still sending appropriate content to those individuals. And should we um, have a child that's on the receiving end of maybe inappropriate photographs being forwarded um, of somebody else that they didn't necessarily solicit, but now somebody's the victim of this sextortion and content's being forwarded on, it's very important for them to stop that line of passing that information along and to ultimately report that to an adult or other mentor so we can stop that because by continuing to forward it along, every time we forward that out, it just continues to victimize that child um, in the case it's being reported. Absolutely. And this can be one of those difficult portions of conversations to have with your kiddos as they're you know growing older, but it's important to kind of talk to those characteristics of healthy relationships and you know, respect and boundaries and, and practicing consent both with themselves and with others and making sure that they're aware uh, that both themselves to not pressure others, uh, but also to not be pressured themselves into sexual behaviors or um, that might be uncomfortable or unsafe and, and realize that it is not okay in that regard to pursue, just like you're kind of talking to there, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, those proactive uh, conversations as we have as parents and adults with children about the appropriate use of online um, social media platforms and other online venues is as important now as it ever has been and having those conversations about you know respecting sexual boundaries and the appropriate content that we send back and forth to individuals and um, going out and talking to children and adults that are involved in these type of cases on a regular basis um, one of the conversations I have with children oftentimes is just respecting themselves too and respecting their own bodies and not sharing that personal um, content through photographs or whatever it may be with other individuals. And one of the alarming things that I think I hear from children and adults alike now is that this is somewhat of a normalized behavior that we just think in this digital age that um, sending you know, sexually explicit content, sexually explicit photographs of ourselves is really just sometimes a part of growing up in this digital age. And I'm here to tell you that it's not, that there can be very dangerous ramifications. So while there may be pressure put on a child, it's important to um, you know, set the bar for your child or those that you oversee or you may be mentoring um, through the use of social media to let them know that these sexualized relationships that we really start to see at an early age here because of 
the availability of the technology we have nowadays is not normalized behavior and is not acceptable behavior and shouldn't be something that a child's pressured into doing by another individual. And if they certainly are, that they need to reassess maybe their relationship with that individual based on the pressure somebody may be putting on them. No, uh, exactly. I'm uh, 100% in agreement with you on that. And th these topics and conversations are why we're just so excited for the rollout of Safer Internet Day and its message. You know, this year in the United States, Safer Internet Day does have a series of videos, you know, created by both kiddos and experts on the topics of cyberbullying, you know, controlling social media feeds, the metaverse and more. It it's, it's crucial that we take those steps to be proactive about learning, be conscientious about, you know, standing steadfast with the fact that while we do have access to all these great things on the internet and all these new tools, that doesn't mean if a, these behaviors that appear to be becoming normalized mean something we have to do or have to follow. Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to everything we've kind of talked about over the last 10 minutes or so here, one of the things that Safer Internet Day um, is also highlighting really is how schools and teachers can assist in educating students about being safe on the internet. Uh, this can include videos on how to educate students about the topic. Uh, there's helpful guides that are out there and also lesson plans that teachers can put right into uh, their curriculum with students to be able to pass on some of the same information that we've talked about here um, at an age appropriate level for whatever grade they may be teaching uh, to pass some of this safety message along. So in recognition of Safer Internet Day, there's also a free webinar uh, about sextortion awareness and prevention that's available. Um, and a link will be provided for that in the podcast episode details here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're super, super pumped about this uh, rollout. We really hope you do take the time to review these uh, amazing resources and links we'll have here in the episode details. Um, Ryan, thank you for your time here today. You know, we appreciate your, your insight. Anything left you'd want to share out with our folks here? I don't think so. It's a great opportunity to talk about a very important topic here, I think, with uh, sextortion. Um, and it's certainly one of the hot topics right now for us um, in our ICAC units, not only here in Wisconsin, um, but throughout the country and throughout the world. And we're just one step in that process from a law enforcement end, how we really get to combating and solving some of this is on the front end through the message being passed to our children. So the resources that we'll put out there are extremely important, I think, for folks to take advantage of, to pass those lessons on the front end to kids to hopefully you know, start curbing the sextortion that we're seeing and turning that trend in the other direction. Yeah, well, Ryan, appreciate your time. Uh, for those of you listening, please feel free to reach out with any questions, topics of interest, ideas, and as always, stay safe.